In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, insecurity. Is it sabotaging your marriage? The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man versus Marriage. MVSM, if you need us. Um, it's me, the Q Dog, in the studio with my wife, Jeannie Moran. Jeannie, can you say what's up? What's up? Now, the last episode, I don't know if anybody caught it, but I started it <laughs> without introducing myself. How do you think it went? Probably didn't notice. All right. So I guess we'll find out in post-production. Today, we want to get right into the action. And it's the, it's the big question. Insecurities. Can a dude even be insecure? Is that even a thing? Um, and insecure, if you do have them, are they sabotaging your marriage? Um, let's give the short answer. Yeah. Guys can be insecure. Yeah, girls can be insecure. Now, in uh, my dummy, what I call it? My dummy syndrome. My dummy syndrome. Um, you know, as absolutely stunningly gorgeous as you are, I, early in our dating years and marriage, couldn't fathom that a girl like you could have any type of insecurity because, you know, I was a big chubby ball of love and dimples and I was so insecure it was ridiculous and I was constantly and I'm just kind of bringing this all up right now I was constantly worried like I, when we would walk in the mall or wherever we would be the looks I would get at least I think they were looking at me the look is how did that dude ever get that chick um so it was insecurity was big for me physically but that was just a small part in my opinion of what this insecurity is really all about now it's one of the questions i went back to ask you so that we could create these mini mvsm mini mini sodes um and i asked you i said were you as insecure as i was about our marriage when we were going through this decade of a really, really tough time. And then if I fast forward to your, um, your answers, this is, this is what you told me. Yeah, yes, I was. I thought you were leaving uh, because I was angry all the time. I thought my crazy uh, was going to cause you to leave. And I kind of just made a note that there was only ever one time where I really considered if this marriage thing was going to be for me long term. And um, it wasn't during those times at all, you know. Um, but that was, even during those times, me leaving you was not a part of my thought process. Because um, I never had any intention of leaving you. I figured once I finally struck gold or one of these projects really took off 
that finances would fix everything. So if you would talk to me a little bit about what insecurities were going on inside of you at that time, um, because I think it's important for us to hear your perspective, and, and after I'll, I'll share mine. Well, you were gone all the time. So, you know, you as a wife, you get lonely, and then I had all the kids going on. But you were gone. And and I know you were pursuing money, but you just weren't here. And I started taking it personal as you just didn't want to be home. You just didn't want to deal with what was going on. Um, I knew I was pissed off a lot. I was frustrated a lot. Um, You know, put anybody in a circumstance where you've got eight little voices yelling at you and everybody needs attention at the same time. As much as I love my kids in the moment, that was a lot to deal with. Alone. Alone. And then we had, um, some of the kids were struggling with behaviors and stuff because you weren't around and there wasn't that balance. So I was flipping out. They were flipping out. It was, it was chaos, literally. Um, no, it's not to say they're bad kids or that anything was, was wrong with them. It was just, everybody wanted attention. It's like being in a classroom with a teacher. If one kid acts out, they all kind of go with. That's what it's like in our house when they were all, you know. And they were probably feeding off. Seven and under. They were probably feeding off of your your emotional situation as as much as we were going through. If we had no chaos in life at all, still having eight kids in itself without any of the health issues, anything else that was happening. It would still be, you know, it would still be a lot. Now. Excuse me. Had I, I don't have a cough button, so the Sorry. coughs are just going to, they just have to happen as they happen, and that's okay. It's life. It's life. Um, I would say that had I, when I began to be there more, at least you had, you knew at some point support was coming. Yeah. I think with you being gone all the time, me being frustrated, and then you started losing all that weight, and um, that was at the point where you actually like started toning up and um you looked a lot different but there was just that was my concern you were getting ready to go out you you were getting ready to leave me you were going to go find somebody else you were prepping yourself to leave because i mean hello you were working out constantly you were shredding you were going out and then um i think the the deciding moment was when you got asked to go out to the club that's when my whole head spun yeah. Um, you know, he got asked to go out with his brother and some friends. They're all single. Quincy's not. He was going to be the DD, which is fine. But I do not trust women any more than I trust men who are in that atmosphere. And they don't care if you're wearing a ring. They don't. You're there drinking. They're there drinking. Things can happen and nobody will know. And I, I know that that's not who you are. But at the time, that was my insecurity that was... Yeah. was the loudest was you're going to find something and it's going to be done. I mean, I wasn't <clears throat> I wasn't working out and doing the things you were doing. I had had eight kids, so my body's different. Mm-hmm. My my confidence in myself is not all there. Um that was a lot of it. And then we that was just at that moment. And you compile everything we had from the previous 10 years to that moment. All those voices that we talked about in the previous episodes that were 
loud in our head that, you know, I, you were only keeping me because it was cheaper to keep me than it was to get a divorce because we had eight kids and in California, they would have raped you over the coals. Mm. You know, we had people that were telling me how I wasn't doing what was necessary for you. I wasn't meeting your needs per their opinion. Who the heck are those people? Nobody I care to mention on the mic, but they're (laughs) no longer around, so we're good. But it's just, you know, we had parents speaking into our lives, family speaking into our lives. We just had so many things going on. And when you're already scared and you're already insecure about who you are, we lost who we were in those 10 years because we focused on being a parent and being a spouse, but we didn't know how to do either one without being ourselves. So we were just kind of fumbling Mm -hmm. and doing the best we could with what we had until we finally figured out this is not working. (laughs) This is just not working. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, our, a lot of our insecurities at the time were just not knowing each other well enough to know this wasn't even a thought in your mind but for me it was a very loud thought and i can i i could really understand that because i remember when you were going to audition for the voice and i instantly got like completely insecure because i know blake shelton's a lot better looking than i am and he can sing and he's tall and he's very wealthy um that's funny because i wouldn't have chose blake i would have chose adam but anyway well i was getting there (laughs) (laughs) um but I remember feeling so insecure and, you know, one of our mutual friends, uh, you know, had to talk with me, kind of talk me, me off the ledge because I've always been for you getting out there to sing. Um, but it, the, what it really always come down, it always came down to I never really figured out how I could ever be good enough for you. Um, and I don't know where that, that came from I think it was just how much self-doubt and how insecure I was about my body physically and what what my weight did my current weight what it did to define me as a person which that wasn't fair I'm so much more than the scale you know Um, so I can I can definitely relate to how scary that can be especially if somebody's body is changing Mm and I do, I do know once I started changing, you know, and I started getting some muscles, I did know that you looked at me different. I saw the mama beast in your eyes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as time went on and I started getting sick and I started losing those muscles, that became a place of insecurity for me. So I tried like hell to get it back, you know, pumping, you know, 365 on the bench press and, you know, lifting all these heavy weights and kind of hurting myself when, you know, I never came to you to ask you, how do you feel about this? Or how, and I think that's, I think that's the thing is how do you get your insecurities out on the table? I think one thing that's most important is creating a relationship where it's safe to talk about your insecurities. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because I trust you more than anybody. And I, I didn't do a great job of really telling you that you were the most valuable thing to me on this earth, that you were my favorite person in the world. I always knew that, but I wasn't telling you that. 
So from from your perspective, if if you can think of it, it's an in the moment question, but what was it that I did to help you start to vanquish those insecurities that you had? Um, San Diego. Yeah, San Diego is a big deal. San Diego was um, the trip that we took after all this kind of came to a head and we finally uh, decided we needed help. We sought out Rita. We had been counseling. We, we decided to take a trip away for a few days. I think we took two, three days, two, two nights down there. And uh, I don't know. It was just something in the way that you told me. You're in it for the long haul. You're not going anywhere. This is everything that you wanted was what you had with me. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent. It didn't matter. This was, this was it. There was nothing that was going to take you away from me or, um, you know, replace me. And that it took hearing it and seeing the conviction on your face at the same time. Because you can say something to somebody but if there's no conviction behind it, if if I can't see in your eyes that what you're telling me is true, mm-hmm. and trust me, if you're married, we know. You know with your spouse that they're lying to you or if they're not telling you everything. It's there. Um, it just, it clicked. Something clicked inside of me that said, okay, he's he's taking this seriously. But you also took what I told you and you didn't joke about it. You didn't. That that can't be stressed enough. We joke, we play, we a lot. Yeah. But we don't take, like I have never in 20 years of marriage ever made a comment to you or joked about you being a big guy or a, about your weight, ever. Because I know that that's a place that you struggle. Now you make the jokes. You can say things about yourself if you want, but I usually chide him for it because I don't like it. Um, but it's the same thing with your spouse. If you know that there's something that she's insecure about, whether it's her, her weight, um, maybe the way that, that clothing fits her right now, maybe she's just had a baby and her body is changing and she's just not really feeling the, the intimate side of the relationship. There's a lot of things, a find out what it is figure it out we had to have some conversations where it was just like I really do not feel comfortable talking about this but we made it a priority and we have a saying between the two of us I'm all in I promised I was all in all in means as much as I don't like it and as much as it may take me an hour just to get out a sentence we don't stop we go all in until we get there and it's uncomfortable, right? It's very uncomfortable. There are a lot of conversations that we've had, even recently, that it's just like, okay, I have to figure out a way to do this. Mm-hmm. And if you have to, and we've had to, honest truth, we've had to write things down and let the other person read it or you know, sit down and have a conversation. I write, and when I'm writing something and it's uncomfortable to read or I feel vulnerable reading it. I put a pillow up between the two of us the other night so that I could read something and he could hear me read it without feeling uncomfortable. But once it was all said and done, then we could talk about it. It's like, okay, it's done. There's there's nothing to feel uncomfortable about now. It's out. It's there. Um, but we never, ever 
joke. It is not something that is ever discussed in front of another person unless it's with Rita in a counseling session. Or a podcast. Yeah, well, <laughs> the podcast is different. Um, I, I know why you're doing this, and it's yeah. not putting me in a position where um, we have friends over for dinner and you decide, oh, my, you know what she said yesterday. You don't do that. You don't out it. It's it's just it, you need to be a soft place to land and you need to be a trustworthy place. It is absolutely sacred information that I better not catch wind of you misusing, dudes. I'm not at my toughest right now, but I'll get there or find somebody who is. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's a surefire way to, to guarantee she won't trust you again. If, if you're working towards rebuilding trust, you're working towards rebuilding your marriage and you know maybe you're at the stage of trying to date her again right you know we don't know where your listeners relationships are right some might be in a better position than we are and they're just using this to maybe go a step further right but if you're trying to date her again or you're trying to rebuild after a baby's been born or you know maybe you've had autism hit your house and you guys are trying to figure out how to be married in the midst of whatever the worst thing you could possibly do is take the trust of an insecurity in a vulnerable moment and make fun of it share it with somebody else and shatter it because i guarantee you you won't come back from that. Yeah, and and you know, I'm I'm hoping that once you listen to these and you find value, you are asking your spouse, also telling friends about it, but asking your spouse to come and like listen to this with you. And the same for the same for her. Do not take any of this information. It is imperative. It's important. It is game breaker, mm-hmm. game changer that you create. You have an agreement that you can share these things with me and I will not use them against you. This is a non-negotiable. Not very good. That is a non-negotiable. I'm not going to use them against you to make fun of you. I'm also not going to use these insecurities to manipulate you to get what I want. Mm-hmm. That is sacred to me. It's sacred. It's you and I. It's the bond that we've built and I will honor that. And you as the listener, dude, you've got to honor that all the way. But this is about creating that place so that you can share your insecurities, and I know, dude, I know, being a man, you don't want to share your insecurities, but I'm telling you, it's a great place of connection, but you have to build this, so we got to wrap this episode up, Um, I'm glad you're listening, honey, I'm so thankful that you're coming here to kind of bear your soul um, in hopes that, in, in knowing that it's going to make marriages better, and that's why we're doing this, because we want to help you um, reshape your marriage. How good do you want your marriage to be? It's up to you. It's up to her. You both, as we say in the South, y'all decide. Y'all figure it out. It can be what you want it to be. So your homework. Time to create that place. Go back to episodes 1 through 10. There are so many tips in there for what I did to create a safe place, uh, for my wife to land, a soft place for her to land, and you can do the same. But remember, come on, bro, it's not one and done. You are the little engine that could, and for the best representation, watch Major Pain. You are the little engine that could. It's It's a great rendition, and it'll make you laugh. All right, dudes, 
Until next time, I hope that you are finding value. So reach out to us. Let us know. Maybe we're uh, there's a topic that you want us to cover that we have not covered yet. Well, get it out here already. It's all for you. All right, homeboys. The Q Dog is out. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.